A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check Podcast brings you advice, encouragement, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer, a wife, a dog mom, coffee enthusiast, but most famously known for my sweatsuit collection. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to empower, activate, and sharpen those dreams that may be lying dormant in your life. If I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. If you are new to the show, thanks for tuning in for today's episode. And if you are a regular listener, y'all already know that I love you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode, I'm interviewing Christian Brevere. Christian is just an amazing woman, and gosh, the Holy Spirit really wrecked me this episode because she just radiates, honestly, the Holy Spirit. She radiates joy and just a woman of God, and I can literally feel it from across the screen to the point where I got emotional with her at the end of the episode because I just could not hold it in anymore. She is just incredible, and we talk on so many things. We talk on dreaming with God, what that means, the difference in dreams from God versus dreams maybe that aren't from God. We talk about the battle between wanting and waiting, whether that be for a career dream, waiting for a a husband or a spouse, and dreams about being a mom. We talk about all types of, of different dreams and the battle between wanting and waiting for those dreams. Christian shares on her journey on singleness and waiting, how she met her amazing husband Arden, and then her journey to motherhood. She is a new mom. She has, by the time this episode comes out, I think her baby will be six months old. And so we just talk on so many special topics and she just has such a gentle, encouraging heart. I think you guys are going to leave this episode so inspired, so encouraged, and I hope you guys just follow along her journey. She has so many cool endeavors happening in the next year and just an amazing woman to follow if you are single and just want someone to look up to via social media. She is incredible. So let's welcome Christian to the show. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Is it afternoon for you? You're in Cali? Yeah. It's noon. So yeah, good. I get up early. So it's definitely afternoon for me. <laughs> good. We're in the same boat then. You're on central time. Where where do you guys live? I am. So we're in the Nashville area and I'm on newborn schedule. So I think I woke up at like five. Oh six? my gosh. Wait. Okay. I love that I'm interviewing you and literally know nothing about you outside of just following you on Instagram. Cause I feel like, yeah, it's so exciting. How old is your baby? He is four months and I can just cry because he was four weeks like yesterday. Oh my gosh. Wait, when's his birthday? July 26, two days after mine, which is hilariously wild. Oh my gosh. He's a month older than uh, my puppy baby. Oh, so we're both in the newborn stage. Yeah, yours might be a little more intense than mine, but mine was unexpected. You you know, I, I always say like getting a puppy unexpectedly because we, it just came out of nowhere like we fostered. And I always say it's like mm-hmm. adding a child to the house without ever preparing for it. Yeah. And some days I'm like, what did I literally do to myself? <laughs> but a baby totally different. <laughs> they, they all get older and smoother, right? So yes, that's that's the yeah. We have that to look forward to. Well, thank you for joining me today. I know that um, newborn mom life uh, takes a lot of time, so I appreciate you making time for this episode. I'm super excited to chat with you. I've been following you on Instagram for a while. And so there's so many just posts that you've done that I've been super personally encouraged by. And so we will start by asking the first question I ask every guest, which is what is a dream that you have right now? Yeah, uh, it, it, this is fun because a few months ago, my answer would be different. And that's just the season of life that I'm in, honestly. But uh, right now, the dream I have is something I'm doing in a few months and I'm still, it's one of those I have to keep reminding myself it's actually happening, Um, but I'm competing for Miss Tennessee USA. Oh my gosh. Without laughing yet, because I'm just like, I'm going to be eight months postpartum in a bathing suit on a stage. Like this is not the opportune time to do this, but I 
secretly love that. Um, God's been in the process of destroying the perfectionist inside me over the last few months, and it is such a beautifully humbling yet invigorating experience. So this is just one facet of that journey with him. That is, first of all, amazing. And like how inspirational to be on a stage in a bikini eight months postpartum and like what that will do for other women in your position. Yeah, just the the overarching message of children add so much to your life. They don't Mm -hmm. take away. And motherhood is a beautiful journey. Uh, Your life doesn't end the second you have a child. So that's the hope, that's the why, and cross your fingers, everybody. (laughs) I am so excited for you, and you already touched on things I definitely want to talk about when it comes to motherhood. Um, I'm not a mom yet, but I know so many listeners are, and so there's even just that lie of kids, your life is over once you have kids. So definitely want to dive into that, but let's start with you giving us a little background on who you are. Sure. So my name is Christian Bevere. I am, I think, just the luckiest woman in the world because I have an incredible husband, sweet new baby boy, as we've mentioned, and uh, incredible family. So I get to do life with them, which is the biggest win in my life. And I recently started my own business called The Husband's Bible. And yeah, that's that's a little bit about me with a bow on top. <laughs> and you're an author, correct? Yes, and an author. Um, as of 2023, will be a first time solo. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. (laughs) I love it. That is amazing. Oh gosh, okay. I have so many things that I want to talk to you about. Let's start with the topic of dreaming with God. It's one of my personal favorite topics, and I feel like obviously this whole podcast is around the idea of a dream can be anything and how we can uplift and encourage each other in those God dreams. And so you had said on your Instagram, dreaming with God is a journey rather than a formula. What does that specifically mean to you, and how has that played out in your own life? Yeah, great question. Without going to back in the story and to in the weeds, but my relationship with God started out very formulaic. Growing up in the South and the Bible Belt, as we like to call it, it just felt like this grandiose person that I needed to try to appeal to. And the more that I realized, hey, God wants to be with me. He wants this to be a relationship. It's a conversation. It is intimate. It's personal. That took, I guess, scales off of my eyes as to how I saw God and how I saw myself. And so when we talk about dreaming with God, it's it's in that same vein, right? So when I see it as formulaic, I see it as, okay, God gave me a purpose. God wants to use me. I need to do X. And to me, that feels just very untrue to the nature of dreaming with God. It's not, I mean, first of all, God doesn't want to use you. He doesn't have to use you. He wants to partner with you. Mm -hmm. He wants to show his glory through you. Um, But this idea of using you, it just feels very um, transactional. So as we dream with God, I see it as, and I've experienced as a conversation of, God, what are the skills and dreams that you've put inside me? Like, Nicole, you have a passion to reach people. I'm assuming this, right? We're still getting to know each yeah. other. What I see, you have a passion of photography and reaching people. And so it's like, well, what is a dream that bridges those gaps? What is something God's placed within you? And so that's how dreams, I think, arise through different seeds planted in different connection points. And if we treat it as a formula, we're just only going to have like a five-year plan type of approach rather than like this bountiful garden of different types of um, fruit and uh, aromas just happening that that's what God's glory is. It's him being on display and us being fluid um, and intimate in that conversation. That's so good. Something you said in the beginning about, you know, it can be really intimidating and kind of feels like a weight sometimes. And it's like, okay, God, use me. How can how can I be used? I want And then like, it's like this vicious cycle of like, am I doing everything right? Like, am I being used by God? And then we kind at least for me personally, sometimes it's like, am I doing enough? Like, is this what God has, mm-hmm. has me doing? Is this dream even from God? And so what do you, what would you say is like a telltale sign that you're doing the dream that God has given you? Yeah, I, I think first of all, you're never doing enough, right? Because when we try to measure what enough is, mm-hmm. 
It's, I write about this in the book, actually. It's like the mean girl scene where she's like, the limit does not exist. <laughs> it's always <laughs> so like good. Someone else is doing this. Someone else started a podcast. Someone else has this industry. They have a warehouse. So in our minds, if we're on that trajectory, you're never going to be doing enough. You're never going to be as blank as someone else. And so if we can just peel back that layer, uh, I think that is really freeing to knowing the what God's calling you to. And I think that is really, I've experienced being fueled by the why. So if I'm asking God, what am I doing? Or what are the dreams you're putting in my heart? I have to go a step backward and say, okay, God, and why? Like, why are you highlighting certain desires? Why is this really affecting the core of my heart? Why am I having dreams um, in the middle of the night about these dreams that I want to see happen in, in real life. And so at, at least for me, Nicole, in my experience, that has been how I check in with God um, mm-hmm. because there will even be things that are on my heart for months. And I'm like, God, why, why is this happening? Why is this being highlighted, but I'm not seeing anything? Mm-hmm. Why do I just feel so stirred to talk about it, but I don't feel like there is a situation or a person or a platform that makes sense for that? And oftentimes he will reveal pieces like a puzzle instead of like one solid answer, right? Kind of going back to that analogy of like the connecting the dots and the Mm -hmm. different scenes. So I think if we are constantly having conversations with him, then we can consistently chase after what he's putting in our hearts. And that's how we see what comes about. It can't, you know, it Mm -hmm. it can't just be, okay, I had this dream and what does it have to be? And when are we going to launch it? But the daily conversation uh, reveal a spew of different ideas. Do you ever struggle with, I know I personally do, and a lot of people that listen, but sometimes I feel like I have so many God dreams and downloads that I'm like, well, I have visions of this and visions of that. And how do I know which one do I tackle? Like, are they all from God? Like, And then I get like, oh gosh, like this would be dope and would be good for the kingdom. So would this and so would this. Like, what do you even tackle first? And how do you know which which one God is really trying to use for, I guess, his, his kingdom? Or even just dreams in general that like, that we have in our heart and we want, it could just be a business idea or write a book or start a Bible study or like all these, like, can we do them all? Yeah, it's... It's a question that every Christian tackles, especially Mm -hmm. the ambitious creative type, which I say that as a compliment. I've been in this last week hearing that almost as a negative and to me wanting to shy back from, okay, well, maybe I am doing too much or I'm Mm -hmm. doing this. Okay, you know what? If God has created me to be ambitious and creative— um, in his vein and in his heart, that is a good thing. So if anyone along is like, well, I'm just streaming too much or, you know, you're thinking, well, I have this, I'm connecting the dots. Search that out. Of course, do it prayerfully, but go forth in that if, if I can just say that to anyone. But how do you know which ones to pursue? For me, I have found the more open-handed I keep things, the more fluid I am to discover what I actually should be working the plow towards. So there have been businesses that I've wanted to start that I put my ambition to uh, and they didn't work out. There have been different desires that are taking very different trajectories than I imagined. And when I would critique those to, well, I can't do this or mm-hmm. God, you gave me a dream and it didn't happen. So why would you give me that? It it was less fruitful to actually where I am, but the more I was okay with myself of, okay, maybe this was a failed attempt, but it gave me gumption to start something. Maybe I learned a lesson and like keeping an open hand and an open mind of God resurrect what's supposed to be resurrected, put to rest what's put to rest. I'm going to trust in the personhood of you that as I dream with you, you continue to show me things. As we explore, you're going to highlight, like we're not going to miss what God has called us to, because if we are operating in who he's called us to be, then we're already living it out, right? So good. That was so good. That's a, that'll be a quote. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad something's landing and making yes. sense. But even in starting the husband's Bible, that's something I really weighed with because mm-hmm. there were other businesses um, that I started LLCs. I deposited money into. I really went there with my heart and my emotions. And to me, they felt like a flop. And so I remember telling my husband, this is the husband's Bible, something years and years of people just having conversations with me and wanting to explore. And 
I told Arden, I was like, but I can't fail again. Like this season of life, it's no longer just me. Mm-hmm. It's no longer just me and you. It's me, you, and our child. Like there's so much more at stake. I can't mess it up. And that limited mindset for me, I had to just completely let go of um, and trust him in a way that I've never trusted him before and be okay with a slow increase or letting him take it where he wants to because it's not, you know, not everything is an overnight success. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Instagram, for distorting our view. Seriously. And not everything that is a success looks like a business success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dreams and businesses and like the going after goals, it's all very intentionally leaning on him and not in our own strength. Like that's the verse that I I feel like most beautifully and correctly encapsulates um, this process and portion of our, our faith walk. What would you say to someone who, because I personally think dreams don't work unless we do. Like God can give us a dream, but he's not just going to do all the work for you. Like you, God can't move unless you take a step, then God takes a step and he'll continue to guide you if it's from him. And I also think sometimes dreams don't work because they really weren't from him and he has something better for you. What would you say is maybe a sign that if someone's listening, they're like, oh gosh, my dream just isn't working time and time again. What do you think would be a sign that maybe it isn't from God? It's a loaded question, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something I don't, I don't think another human being will necessarily, unless it's you know, prophetic, will have the answers to. And I think even we don't mm-hmm. necessarily have the answers to. But again, it's that if I was giving advice on it, I would ask, so what is the heart behind exploring that dream? What is the hope that the goal, if it's for just financial security solely, if it's to promote your own self, if it is um, to be in a realm that you might not have any business being in, to be seen or something along those lines, like that can be an indicator, maybe not black or white if it's from God or not, but if you're operating and stewarding that dream in a way that is of God. That's the biggest responsibility that comes with a dream is just stewarding it well. Mm-hmm. Like we think it ha- again, it has to be successful or not. It has to be seen. We have to have a hundred thousand followers or make a six figure income. But it's mm-hmm. really it's the soul obedience. And I'm so encouraged by the small characters in the Bible that either did a lot behind the scenes, they did a lot with a little, or they have one sentence to their name, but their accomplishment and their legacy lives on for life. Like that is the, the mode of operation I want to be in to safeguard from, mm. you know, pursuing something that is successful, but it's not really God dream worthy or it's not God glorifying. Mm. And so to me, I'm just, the more conscious I am of those things up front, the less I journey down a dark path and then I'm, ask, I'm asking the questions. That's really good. So it's really just being upfront with the dream. Like, what is my heart behind this? What are my intentions? Because I feel like whenever I've, I've heard that question asked, it's like, oh, lack of peace. But I feel like sometimes we can convince ourselves we have peace about something when we're genuinely excited about it, but our intentions behind it aren't correct. Yeah, it's kind of like dating, right? And I know this is my, my oh gosh, yeah. of what I'm doing. <laughs> but it's like, you can go into a relationship and there's so many red flags that you're just like, but it's so good and I feel good. You can feel great in the middle of a storm. Um, you know, a hurricane has an eye for a reason. Like everything's a complete peace, but there's chaos all around. So in the manner of whether it is dating or it is a business, when you have peace, like let it be God peace. And in a way that you're like, I have this piece that I know is uh, unrivaled and can be challenged. Like I can present it in an open hands way. Like if your piece has to be guarded and in the perfect scenario, it's not necessarily peace. Mm. And in the same vein, there's some quote going around on Instagram. It's like, if it's from God, it comes with ease or it comes with like, just everything's working in your favor, right? But I don't I don't fully think that is always true because I mean, if you think of the life of a disciple, I don't think they would say it was always easy, mm-hmm. but it was always peace-filled. And I think peace-filled is led by present-filled. Mm-hmm. You know, we're present with God and we have his presence and he gives us a peace that surpasses knowing, surpasses circumstances. Mm-hmm. So. Think about when we're doing stuff for the kingdom and we're really on fire for God and we're really living out our purpose, that's when the enemy attacks us the most. So there's always going to be storms and like it's about having that peace in the midst of the storm. And Mm -hmm. so I love that you said that because it's just so much more realistic than, oh, if it's from God, everything comes with ease. It's like, wait, what? I don't think so. (laughs) Right, right. 
Just not, it's not surefire. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of waiting, um, you had this Instagram post that I think will tie into all of our topics, whether it be our career dreams, uh, waiting for a future husband or significant other, and then motherhood as well. You talked about the difference between, or the battle between wanting and waiting and how in the process of waiting, it can feel like such an interruption and it messes with our mind, which I, I feel like we all experience. Can you elaborate just on what you mean by that and your personal experience with it? Yeah, and I'll just say waiting looks different for every person, every season, every desire. I feel like because of how much of my heart I put into my relationship status, that waiting felt like this plague eternities long. Um, in reality, my time between boyfriends was pretty short before I met my husband. But I think that's because God was like, Christian, you need to get this concept. And then as I deeped up with him, he's like, okay, cool. Now we can go forward. But some people would look at you know my story and think, oh, well, you didn't have to wait that long. You got married at 23, all these things. And it, I would hope as we relate and encourage one one another that waiting isn't how long you wait or what you do when you wait or what God is even saying, but it's this this heart posture of really like, how are we relating to God and the waiting for whatever it may be? And are we intentionally like journeying through what that season is? So if you're waiting on a dream to happen, you're waiting to meet your spouse, you're waiting to have um, your first child, like there is something that is done in the waiting that if we rob that lesson, we just either could not go into the next season or we cannot have a strength of the ammo that God is wanting us to create longevity for where he's taking us. So waiting isn't bad. Waiting doesn't have to look the same for everyone else. But my encouragement would be, and what I wish I would have done more in my singleness is ask myself, why does this feel like an eternity? What hope am I hoping that once I get to that season, my box will be checked and my life will begin rather than knowing my life begins today. I'm on a journey, you know, I'm either living for me or I'm living on mission for God. And Mm if I believe I'm living on mission for God, then I believe he's not forsaken me. I believe he goes before me. I believe his plans are good for me. And the reality of living that out looks like confronting those questions, Mm -hmm. having our conversations with God. And I can see now in hindsight, my singleness felt like an eternity. And I was so quick just to, to date someone because there was a lot of heart wounds that I could have and if I could go back, would have let God into, and I believe would have lived a much more fulfilled and mission-minded singleness. And so that's just, that's my biggest heart is like, okay, don't settle, first of all, in relationships, but also don't squander um, the preciousness of the time and the place that you're in. Yeah, so good. And what would you say are maybe two to three things on how someone can wait well, whether that be for a spouse or uh, to be a mom or just in any dream, really? Yeah, I would say waiting well looks like preparing for what you really want to enter into. So preparing to be a mom, I was really intentional of how am I speaking to myself? How am I speaking to my husband? What am I living by example rather than just um, a lesson that I believe to be a notion in my head, like it needs to get head to the heart. So live in a head to heart mindset. Um, If you're waiting to meet your spouse and you're like, well, I'm just going to sit here and he's going to find me one day and then I'm going to be this magical woman that he falls madly in love with. (laughs) Be that woman today. Like cultivate the strengths and the personality that you're like, this is what my husband's going to love about me. Mm -hmm. Um, This is how I'm going to be a good mother. That is huge for me. That's one way. I think another way of waiting well is getting out of the waiting mindset, but like the living, like living in the now. And when the next chapter happens, it happens. I get it much easier said than done, but it doesn't feel like, well, yeah, I haven't met anyone yet and I'm just waiting and God's going to send it. Like even what you touched on earlier, we are active participants with God and we are walking in his purpose. We're not waiting in his purpose, we're walking in it. So being mindful of just living with expectation and eagerness instead of anxiety. I interviewed someone the other day that in talking on the topic of waiting, that said, if you're constantly in the mindset of, oh, I'm going to be waiting forever, or God's not going to give me this spouse, I'm 32 and single, whatever it is, If that's what you repeat to yourself every day, you will genuinely start to believe it and it will come out in other ways in your life. Like you will be 
probably just have no hope for your future. If that's what you're constantly telling yourself, you will miss the opportunities right in front of you. You will miss your husband if if God presented him because you just think every guy is bad or Mm -hmm. you're gonna be waiting forever instead of just like being open and truly living in what God has for you today, whether that be singleness or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the verse of hope deferred makes the heart sick. And even just what we're telling ourselves, like what we believe to be true is um, something 1234, Luke, Matthew, but it's about like where your heart is there, your treasure is also. So if your heart is not being a treasure, like I'm not treasuring what's going to come, but I'm just criticizing it before it even gets here. Like you're missing out on the gold that's hidden within. So I think that's that's sound advice. I don't know who said it, but you are, there are so many quotes. I'm like, gosh, I wish I could be taking notes so I can put she said this and this needs to be a quote um i'm so excited to hear about how you met your husband arden correct which (laughs) side note was it did he post or you posted the mouse prank oh my god you guys i literally just saw i don't know if it was because i was on your instagram before this episode but i saw your husband's reel and he like pranked her with like a mouse but it was actually a keyboard mouse and an actual mouse under like a pot I was literally dying. <laughs> Look, I giving birth to my son birthed a new strength within me, but there is very much still um, a girly weakness that if it's a rodent or something, no, I you, can't. I just you can't played it well. You did. You did much better than I would have done. <laughs> well, he's still alive, so I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> I also just love like it. Just seems like your home is so joyful, and that's kind of what that little prank uh, kind of. Sh- I don't know. It just highlighted that to me. So yes, let's hear how you met your husband. Yeah. Oh, it means, it means a lot that you'd say that. That's one of our prayers for our home too, mm. by the way. But yeah, I met my husband um, in a very unconventional way. There is such a, a long God story that I always wish I could share more of. But essentially, uh, it went down in the DM. <laughs> down there in the were, DMs. I love it. There were so many alignments that I can look back and see, okay, that had to happen. God had to orchestrate that to be to the point of where we connected. But essentially, he reached out on Instagram. A little bit of what I teased beforehand. I was in a season of I would date, date, date. And then I said, God, I'm sick of making a mess of your beautiful intention of marriage. So um, we need to heal all this. And... I don't think I'm really good at dating, so I'm gonna need you to like highly just strategize all this. Um, and so I get a DM and like my little request. At that point, I had like been really selective with dates. And I was like, doing this good. Yeah, God, we're getting it. Uh, I'm not making a mess anymore, right? And then I get an, a DM from Arden and I look at his page and I was like, okay, um, he seems godly. He seems of sound mind. He seems attractive. And then I realized his parents were ministers. And I just, I literally took my phone, threw it in the back of my car. And I said, God, we've been doing so good. I was like, I can't mess this up. Like his parents are ministers. So like, I'm, I could get kicked out of heaven if I make a mess of this relationship with his son. Like, no, no, no. And I wouldn't normally advise people to go into something this legalistic, but this was just the way that I was relating to God and just journeying and really trying to say this from an authentic point of view. But I was like, I can't go on a date with this guy unless he's my future husband. If that's his intention, I was just like, you need to know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess God was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Um, and so we just briefly chatted on, D- on DM and then he's like, I'd love to get your number. Went from getting in my DMs to not even texting me, would only phone call me. And it was a really nice shift because at my heart, I am a hopeless romantic. And it was nice to take something that could have been messy, that could have been a worldly approach and really just like scale it back and slow it down to, I want to have one-on-one conversations with you. And our first date was, I think, 11 hours long in public, in the daylight. I'll say that. But uh, (laughs) just like asking each other hard questions, getting to know each other, seeing the dreams that are on each other's heart and um, who we really were. And by happenstance, met the parents, both of us, on the first date and just- Wait, how did that go down? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I need to know. (laughs) So they were in Florida and we were visiting with my mom's friends. And so I was with my mom and she's like, I'll drive you, which normally it's like the little kid getting dropped off at school method. And you're like, no. But I was like, yeah, come on, drop me off. Check them out. Like, let me know if this is probably that- that echo my voice of like, I can't mess this up. I'm yeah. Like, look at him. Make sure he's he's normal. Make sure I'm not um, missing anything. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> she got out of the car and started smiling. And I was like, okay, we're good. I can get out of the car. This is good. 
Um, and then the very first stop on our date, which was down in Florida, this little cute spot called 30A, we get out of the car. I'd been with him for like 10, 15 minutes, hardly knew him. All of a sudden, John Bevere comes around a corner and he's like, hey guys. I was like, oh my God. Like, God, I told you, I can't mess this up with him or them. And there they are. Um, but it was really funny. I, I love his parents, obviously. Were they just nearby? Or they just knew you were there and they were doing the same thing your mom was doing? They went to the farmer's market and they're like, we didn't know you'd be here. And Arden was like, guys, I told you. This was the first time <laughs> on the date. Um, so maybe it was subconscious, but when my mom picked me up at the end, she was like, I think you met your future husband. Oh my It's gosh. a really neat story and just... Yeah, I think you can get so personal with God mm-hmm. when you're when you're dating. Like, it doesn't have to be, this has to be my future husband, or I'm not going on a date. Um, but you can say, like, God, I really need guidance in this. I need you to highlight certain features. I need you to show me um, trajectory. So, yeah, that would be my encouragement. Bring God in from the very beginning. How was how he pursued you different than other dates in the past that stood out as, like, he has, like, the fruit of his life is showing and how he's being intentional with me? Yeah. I love that question. I actually just had uh, a relationship, someone that has their doctorate in family and in marriages, and she was highlighting the essence of when you're going on a date, you need to prize um, consistency and character and consciousness over charisma. So for me, I expected, you know, as attractive as Arden is, as incredible as family as he has and honestly how much of like a speaking background and well-traveled he was I thought he might just be really charismatic but he was slow on his approach of not like hyping me up or making me like try to sweep me off my feet but really just presenting this is who I am and I'm going to be very consistent showing you that we were long distance so I got to I think have the benefit of not seeing like you know, the touchy-feely and the going on dates and the things that we can get caught up in. And I really just had to see him show up and be consistent and and be the man he said he was. So for me, that was not fun always to be long distance, but a benefit and part of the reason why we got engaged as soon as we did. I love that. And I always like preach on this podcast that I think that when you're, obviously if you're long distance, even that when I say like, oh, you're not being physical, obviously like I believe you shouldn't be having sex, but even just like the touchy feely, like the flirty, like in person, like all of that can really blind, like put your blinders on if this person is a red flag. And so I always say like, the more intentional you are with not being physical in any way, the more you actually get to know someone for who they are and see if you actually even like them. They can be great and from God and you still might not even like them. Yeah. Who cares if they're a good kisser if they're not a good husband material, right? Exactly. That's good. We've made dating so much of pretend marriage that it's scary. And that's why we're seeing what we do with um, divorce. Like I'm all for, you know, free will, God blessing that, um, living in the day and age we're in not for arranged marriages, but there's something too when we take this approach, it doesn't have to be slow in the timeline, but slow in the getting to know one another that enables you to see it with a clear lens. And that's what I hope with everything I do on the Husband Bible membership to steward back to like that intentional choosing and like the well choosing and the blessing in entering it well. What a good segue for (laughs) the heart behind the Husband's Bible. What is this? What is it about? Where did it come from? Fill us in. Yeah, I know. Some people are like, that is very sacrilegious. <laughs> I promise. <it's, laughs> that's not the heartbeat. So before I, I did meet Arden and I was in that season, I got what I just called the husband's Bible, and which was a separate Bible dedicated for my future spouse that I would pray into, that I would pray over. For me, it was when all my friends were getting married and people were going on dates and I was tempted just to do what was comfortable. It was my tangible tool to say, you know what? I'm not dating right now. I'm not married yet, but I have this as a promise over the dreams that God's put in my heart. And to me, it was a desire in my heart to get married. And I felt like that was something God was leading me into um, if I could get my act together. (laughs) And so it became, um, I had my own quiet time with him. And then after I was intentional with him, I would pray and into and over this Bible and just begin to highlight verses and pray things over my future spouse, which Honestly, we see now as Arden uses that Bible, I gave it to him on our wedding day, he'll even open up to... That's so special. Oh my gosh. It 
it was probably one of my favorite memories from our wedding day. He'll look at it, look at the date and go, that's just so crazy. On that date, I was battling this and you were praying for strength. Oh, and goosebumps, that's crazy. For me, it was, it was such a healing way of healing my heart of what I was looking for wrongly uh, in the equation of love. And also just a beautiful highlight of scratching the surface of what God was doing in the future um, in, in that current season of my life. And so it became this conversation of sharing it and other women saying, I, I want to do that. I need to do that. I need to do something different than what I've been doing. Uh, and just in the last month, we've made it a membership where there can be conversations and resources and just encouragement uh, and this guide of praying for your future spouse. I love that so much. So you have like, it's going to be its own little community. Essentially, yeah. So right now we have what we call like master classes, Mm -hmm. diving into like master um, topics, really overarching things. There's a podcast, which we were talking about. Nicole's going to come on. So excited. (laughs) And just conversations. Like there's just a plethora, almost a Pandora's box in the dating realm of what we shouldn't be going to, that we need conversations of what we can take a sound advice. And so that's my hope with bringing people on and, and sharing my testimony on there as well. What is the book that is coming in 2023? Is that the husband's Bible? No, that is a hope though to be I see it. <laughs> on the radar. But the book in August of this coming up year is Break Up With What Broke You. It's not all relationship, but it is in there. So we had to play on that a little bit, but it's, it's separating from past events, past traumas, past um, habits and ways of thinking that have hindered you or stifling you so that you can become fully alive and fully aware of who God has created you to be. This song of how God redeems and rewrites your story. Okay, I'll be adding to cart the second it's available for pre-order and would need to have you on to talk about the book because I know we won't have time today. But just going back to dating and relationships, what encouragement would you give to single ladies out there who just feel burnt out from dating and just feel like giving up? I would say it's real. It's such a real feeling. And even the people, like if you're like, okay, Nicole, Christian, you guys are married. You don't even know what it feels like. I'm sure you've been there too, Nicole, but I've been there. I remember what it felt like. And when you're in the height of that season, it can feel all or nothing, Um, especially when you are looking for, quote unquote, the one. And if you don't find the one, you're left with all all the bad ones. Um, (laughs) So I would just say, like, know that it's real so you don't feel crazy, first of all. That's always helpful for me not to feel crazy. Mm-hmm. The best advice I can always have is to turn to the Bible. And while there's not like a book on dating, there is a book on love and mm-hmm. essentially God's love and how he is going to guide you. There's a season for everything and really taking that to heart with our desires and just knowing if you if you have messed up, if you're like, I, I want the godly Christian relationship, but I haven't been pure or I haven't done dating well, like... The Bible is people that are imperfect, but love God so richly that it transforms their life. And so mm-hmm. you can be part of that equation. You can be one of um, those children after his heart. And it just, it starts with that that relationship. Like what, mm-hmm. I, what I encourage, and I know that's not typical dating advice, but as you fall more in love with God, you fall more in love with who he's created you to be. You live that out. And I think you're more equipped to find um, the person you'll love here on this earth for all your life. And so that, I don't know, that's the pattern I would follow. That's what I always say, because it just was so true in my life. I didn't grow up a Christian at all. I got saved here in, in LA when I was 26 or 27. And I was doing dating like the total opposite way of God, which, and you know, in my defense, I didn't really know better. Um, and what changed my life from toxic, you know, super physical relationships to relationships centered in God was getting, giving my life to God, following like his ways. Essentially, I dove deep into books on relationships, dating, sex, what God says about it. Cause I really want, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I've done it the world's way, not working. Let's see if God's way works, even though I'm still kind of unsure about his way. 
And then in that process, like you said, like, although the the Bible isn't about dating, it is a book about love. And as I discovered God's love, I discovered love mm-hmm. for myself. And then that turned into knowing my worth and my standards got higher. And then I started just dating better and better and better as I got to know God more and more and more. And so I love that you say that because it is so true. Like, it's like the only book, what do they say? It's the only book that, that reads you. Yeah. I'm like, it's so weird, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that answer. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And just what you even bring to mind as you say that is like, like you said, sometimes we don't know better because we don't know God or we grew up in a household where we didn't see love modeled, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe you know of what better looks like, but you just haven't seen it firsthand. You haven't seen those right guys. I want to challenge you, like even going back to what we were saying, like, what are you believing for? Like, what do you believe to be possible? Because I didn't grow up seeing my parents married, but I did have um, a faith background enough to essentially know better. And I remember at a young age, like dedicating myself to God, believing my husband was going to be a virgin. Like all these specific things that were of godly attributes, but the less I saw of that, the more my faith for it dwindled to the point of, I had a conversation with a friend and we were talking about our dream guy and this was in high school. I said, yeah, and and he's gonna be a virgin. And my friend said, you really need to lower your standards because guys like that don't exist. And I took that so to heart that it rattled what I was looking for and what I had hoped to to wait for, essentially. And through all my misconstruits of dating and all of my wrong turns, at the end of the day, I married a man that is of such godly caliber who was a virgin when we got married. Look at God. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. And it's like, why, why do we put more effort into the here and now than what we see and what people that maybe not even are living for you say more than your word, God? Like, can we get back to that point? Because it's not as like, get back to this point in a religious way, like how dare we think this way, but God's word is so much more true. It's so much more unchangeable than anything we'll see uh, in the world around us. So remembering that, even when our feelings are, you know, you're saying we feel burnt out or we haven't seen it, cling to the hope God's putting in his word, the things he's spoken to you specifically, and just be reminded, like, I'm living on purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the husband's Bible, because, like, I wish I just would have remembered what God said. Mm-hmm. And I would have stood on his word more than the words of others. So again, do differently than I do. <laughs> no, that's so good because sometimes we can let the opinions and even thoughts of others, and it could be people that we trust and that are close to us, say something like that. Like I had family members say that to me. I was single until I was 29. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you need to lower your standards or you're going to be single forever. And I was like, I do not receive that. And this was even before I knew God. I'm like, I don't receive that. I'm not just going to settle because I'm 29 and you know whatever it is whether you're 34 like it I would rather be single and content than pick the wrong person because I'm impatient Mm -hmm. because you spend a lifetime with that person like I would argue good let me be single and then unequally yoked with somebody Mm -hmm. I, I love that you lived that out so Let's talk about motherhood a little bit. You're a new mom, as you said in the beginning of the episode, um, which a mom is something I so strongly desire to be, which currently in, it's funny because I never struggled with waiting for a relationship. And I feel like now, you know, women who have that, like they want to be married so bad. I loved being single, but now I'm like, I want to be a mom so bad. And now I can relate in that waiting season. So I'm just curious on, on your journey of becoming a mom and how has this new season impacted you? And then just like talking about the lies of the the devil when it comes to children. Of all areas we talk on, I will always say I'm no expert. I'm just looking off of what I can say. But this one, especially to me, um, is so sensitive for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I just say that going into it. But I'm the eldest of four girls. So I have little siblings. I have like, I think 11 cousins underneath me. So being like a leader, like caring and nurturing, like that's been something of my heart's desire for so long and just wanted children from before I even had my period. <laughs> before it was even possible. I love it. And the search for, for my husband, I think I, you know, I just knew that that part of the equation came first. And wanting to really get that right, that I didn't stop wanting children, but it it didn't become as much of like, 
okay, I'm waiting on this. It just felt like, okay, if I can get this right, then children will come at the right time. So I don't have the same prerogative of like, quote unquote, waiting for children. Um, We had kids later than I thought I would Mm -hmm. when I was younger. But it's something that, and like, I want to say all this with the most graceful way possible. But for me, I think the the lesson learned within motherhood wasn't so much like the waiting for it to happen and trusting him to to do it. But there are other lessons of, you know, my patients. And I actually had words spoken over, over me of, well, you're not going to have a healthy pregnancy or you're going to struggle or it's going to be hard for you. So my lesson through motherhood has been, again, trusting what God says, relying on his strength, relying on his courage. And specifically when I first got pregnant because it it did happen quicker than I thought because Mm -hmm. so many people are waiting. I just thought, man, you have to wait for X amount of years. And then we were pregnant actually when we came back from Italy, which I know you just came back Mm -hmm. from. So I'm like, maybe, you know, hey, never know. Water, (laughs) but um, going off topic there. But when I came back from that trip and found out I was pregnant and so overjoyed, I just began hearing all that doubt creep into my mind. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do this and do that. And I felt like God was prompting to me and he's like, well, what if you have a great pregnancy? Like, what if you have a healthy child, healthy pregnancy? And what if you do it naturally? And I was like, uh, <laughs> no, not that strong. You saw me react to that mouse. Like, it's just not, <laughs> not yeah. in the cards. And um, he's like, no, but it is. And like, you're going to rely on me in a way that you never have had to before. Um, you're in a season where you can't just opt out. Like, you really have to go mm-hmm. to the power of what you believe and, and what you're willing to do. And I saw, Nicole, I saw such a strength within myself that even preparing for the pageant, I'm like, oh, I'm eating way more sweets than I should. But as a mom, I was like, I'm not taking Tylenol. Like, I'm not doing all this. Just like such a fierceness of believing what I had the strength to do and like this nurturing come out of me that I didn't know was possible until there was another person um, in the mix. So it's been such... Every season has lessons. Every season is worth the wait. But for me, motherhood has just been something where I'm so pleased by the lessons God teaching me. Like I'm working on patience. I'm learning how to rest. I'm learning to be okay with my own flaws in a way that I've never been before. And mm-hmm. so it's just really, I'm wrestling with a lot, but I'm loving what God's bringing out for it. Like mm-hmm. having my own Israel Jacob moment. Mm-hmm. When I used to read that, I'm like, God, why would you break his hip? Like, if he's trying to do things for you, just like, you know, help him out, do it, help him do it good. But he's like, oh, the wrestling is really intentional. And I'm seeing that for myself. I'm like, that is a gift to be able to come up against your fears, to be able to ask the hard questions to God, to be able to see our imperfections and work on them. And I know that's a very roundabout way of answering it, but it's just, it's, it's been a, it's been a gift. And I love that voice so much. <laughs> It's like that, you know, marriage is a gift, but it's really hard and it requires work. Like children, it says in the Bible more than anything else, children are a blessing, but mm-hmm. they're hard work. Oh, how yeah. how do you keep your dreams alive in the midst of becoming a mom? Because you don't just, you know, live for yourself anymore. And I know, and you said it at the beginning, there is one of the number one things people say is, oh, well, you better work on your career before the kids come, or you better do this before you get pregnant. And um, it can be super discouraging, even though I know it's a lie. Sometimes I'm like, have I done everything in my career before we get pregnant? And it can like really creep in and cause, like we talked about before, interruptions in our mind. Yeah. I mean, being a mom now and working, there is a lot more of a cost to my time. Mm -hmm. And I even like recording this podcast and some of the ones before, this is the first time my baby went to hang out with his aunt. And I'm like, this is, you know, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There are some sacrifices, but even just being away from my child, like my heart, mm-hmm. my heart longs a little bit. But so for me in the dreaming, it's I've been able to have more of the conversation with myself. Like, okay, am I supposed to be doing this? Does this feel on par with what God's speaking to me, what he's highlighting? And if not, I'm not going to do it. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not as tempting as it used to be when there was more time or there was more like an attraction just to like meet people or whatever other counter boxes we can be checking, right? Also, I said earlier, I feel like God's killing the perfectionist in me. My manuscript would just do a month after my son was born. and Oh my gosh. Postpartum journey, it is wild, y'all. It's absolutely wild. And I was like, how? Like, I'm struggling to stay awake and feeding mm-hmm. this baby every two hours. Like, how am I going to write anything? And if I write something, it's probably not going to make any sense. Like, I'm <laughs> No sleep, don't have coffee. Um, so it's, yeah, ev- everything changes, but it doesn't have to be bad. 
it can just make it all, it can make you count the cost a lot more. Mm-hmm. I, my biggest thing, again, like why I'm doing the pageant, when I'm writing the book, like I want to look at my children and say, hey, you were a part of that. Like mm-hmm. you were in my womb and writing it. You were in my arms finishing it. Um, you were on my mind and doing this. So just knowing that you're adding more to the equation. So there will be cost you have to add, but there's just also more benefit and more um, people you get to share it with when you get to that point. That was such a beautiful answer. I'm so encouraged by you. <laughs> you really do have this, like, as you've been talking this whole episode, I'm like, wow, she really radiates, like, the love of God. And I don't get emotional very often, but I feel like as you're speaking, I'm like, wow, I kind of want to have that, whatever you have. You really, like, mm-hmm. radiate that. And so I just wanted to encourage you in that. You're so kind. And if I can say anything, like, to you personally, like, you're never you're never ready for any season, right? Mm. Like, never are ready for motherhood even. And the first time around, like there's so much advice you can have, but until you just live it, like no one can tell you what your baby's going to be like. No one can tell you the cost that you specifically mm-hmm. have to bear, but there's something that God's just woven you for it. And he's going to get you through it. He's going to shape you through it. And so I fully believe whenever that time is, and like just getting Jill saying this to you, Whenever that time happens for you and your husband, like you will have such, again, a peace mm-hmm. and do it so beautifully in a way that it doesn't feel one or the other, but all combined and all purposeful. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on with you right now, but then I'm going to get in my feels on the podcast. Um, thank you so much for your time. I really, really, really appreciate it. Honor you um, and just your words. Super, You're so gentle and encouraging um, and those can sometimes not go hand in hand. And so I just, I'm very thankful for your time today and we can close off by any books that you'd recommend. Oh my goodness. I am a weird combination of books. Like my favorite books are from um, anything from C.S. Lewis to um, Bridge to Haven to the Iliad. Like my books are all over the place. But for anyone that's really curious about going deeper with God and the intimacy factor, like I would recommend Mere Christianity or um, anyone that has gone down the, the muddy path of not doing relationships or life to the caliber that they wish they would have, I would recommend Bridge to Haven. <laughs> it spoke to me a lot. That's perfect. Oh, anything by my in-laws. <laughs> I feel like I should say that. I have um, one of one of their books. Uh, I can't remember. It's like a really popular one. Um, there's Beta Satan. The wo- There's so many. I think it's like something sacred. I could be getting it wrong. But yes, also great books. <laughs> and then yeah. next year, we can recommend your book and have you come on and talk all about it. I'm so excited about that for you and for everyone else who's going to read it. Yeah. Oh, and I have to say my husband's book. I, I Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I love you, Arden, if you ever listen to this, but it's called <laughs> Redefined. And it's about um, redirecting the labels that have been spoken over you. My husband reads two books a month and he's always looking for new books. So maybe I'll add that one to his Christmas list for his stocking stuffer. I love it. Oh my gosh, you're the sweetest. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you so, 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 so much. And I'm going to link the books and everywhere you can find her um, in the uh, description of the episode. And then you guys can follow along her journey, see when her book comes out, join her um, subscription for The Husband's Bible. I know that's going to be very popular, so I'm super excited. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a joy just getting to know you. Likewise. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too.